Well, today I want to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 15 and 16. So if you have to turn a page to get from chapter 15 to 16, kind of land on 16 because we're going to be at the end of that chapter. But uh, I wonder if you have uh, a favorite vacation spot that you would go to again and again and again, that if you had uh, unlimited resources, if it didn't matter uh, how much work or school you missed, uh, you would go and do that vacation every year. Uh, or maybe every week, uh, you would just kind of be there. Or, or maybe uh, you love roller coasters, and, and there's one or two roller coasters that you would ride over and over again. Last week, uh, we got to, I got to go along with our students to our tubing trip. We had a great time. We went to Fiesta, Texas for part of a day. And, and some of our students, that's what they did. Uh, they got out of the line after the roller coaster and went back in the line and rode it again and again and again. And I, I like roller coasters. Uh, but the older you get, there's something about doing it once to say, yes, I've done it. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, I, I rode several, had a great time with them. Uh, maybe you love movies and you have a movie or two that you've watched 20 or 30 or 40 times. And I remember when our oldest was little, um, he had a favorite move, two favorite movies. One of them he probably shouldn't have watched as a three, four, and five-year-old. Uh, that was Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, but I loved it, so he, he, he loved it too. Um, and Monsters Incorporated, a great movie that's, you know, seemingly almost 30 years old now, only 20 years old now. Uh, but great, great movies that you like to watch over and over again. Or a favorite restaurant where you, you know every time you go there, you're going to get this thing because it's the best. And if you had the choice, like anytime you say, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? You would choose this place every time because you, you love it so much. Um, and because these last few weeks, you, you get to go back to school. You get to return to school every year until you're 21 or so for most of us. For others, till you're 33. Um, you get to return to school. Uh, I'm older than 33 for those who don't know me very well. Not much, but I am older than 33. But we, we have a tendency to, to repeat things and to go back. And today, that's what we're going to look at in the scripture is going back to places we've already been. So if you've got a Bible uh, and you've got it open, I want to invite you to turn to Acts 15 uh, if you're not there yet. And we're going to begin in verse 36 at the very end of that chapter. And then we're going to read through the beginning of chapter 16. Uh, it says this in verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return, let us go back and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with him John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with him one who had withdrawn from them in the work in Pamphylia and had not gone with them in the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from one another. They didn't have to be separated, but they were separated. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra, 
A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem. So churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. So Paul is back. Um, The last few weeks, we've been looking at his journey uh, across what is modern day Turkey. It's was his first missionary journey, actually the very first church-sponsored mission trip ever, is what Paul was on prior to this. So we have church-sponsored mission trips all the time, but this was the very first one. Uh, This church in Antioch sponsored he and Barnabas, and they went all over what is modern-day Turkey. Now he's back, he's visited Jerusalem, now he's back in Antioch, the, the church that he started with. And he wants to go again. He's ready to go back. Hey, let's, let's go uh, and revisit some of these places. And if you haven't been here over the last few weeks or kind of forgotten about what the, it was like in those cities, let me remind you that most of those cities that he went to, they ran him out of town. And one of the cities, the leaders tried to kill him. And he's like, hey, let's go back. It's like that roller coaster that you ride and afterwards you... you feed the birds. (laughs) And you're like, hey, let's go. Students, do you not know that phrase? No, feed the birds. You throw up. (laughs) So you ride a roller coaster, you throw up. Let's go again. That's kind of the same idea. And so here they are. He's He's in Antioch. Let's go again. He talks to his good friend Barnabas. He says, hey, let's go. You and me. Well, Barnabas, whose nickname is the Encourager, by the way, that's his nickname, the Encourager. He says, no, uh, yeah, we can go, but I want to bring John Mark, uh, probably my relative, uh, we think it's his relative, along with us. And Paul says, "Uh, I don't think so. Not a good idea. And they have a sharp disagreement. Now, this is not a disagreement like, uh, I like Doritos and you like Pringles. You like Coke Zero and I drink the real thing. Not that kind of disagreement. No, this is a disagreement where they uh, had strong opinions uh, about the worthiness of this young man to participate with them in what would be a strenuous journey, not just physically, but spiritually. Uh, So much so that they kind of go away from each other. They, they, They separate These are best friends. Barnabas, the encourager, the same guy who when Paul, who used to murder Christians, came to faith in Christ, Barnabas stuck his neck out and vouched for Paul when he was being introduced to the other Christians. And these two men have this sharp disagreement over whether they should have John Mark joined them. 
that this is a difficult passage to reconcile because these two great men of faith have a tremendous argument over the worthiness of this young man to participate and to go with them. The, the result of this is that Barnabas, in true character fashion, lives out his name, the encourager, because he brings John Mark along with him and helps him and continues to see him grow in his faith, so much so that at the end of Paul's life, Paul says, bring John Mark to me. That, that John Mark had, had grown in his faith, who had become a, a great man of God, and, and Paul recognized that later on in his life. But there's still a challenge here. That these two men kind of go their separate ways in this moment. Barnabas takes John Mark and they go to Cyprus. And Paul chooses a man named Silas. His name is also Silvanus in the Bible. So if you see that name, they're kind of, thank you, early ancient world for giving everybody multiple names. So we're all confused. But he chooses this man Silas and they go kind of by land to Asia Minor. But the thing for you and I to take hold of as we look at this is that neither one of these men just left. They had a sharp disagreement, but neither one of them bailed. They both were intent on carrying out the mission that God had called them to. That they were going to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ. They weren't just going to say, oh, um, I don't like my Sunday school teacher. I don't like my small group leader. Uh, I don't like what the pastor said. Uh, that deacon didn't speak to me. And so I'm out. I'm just going to walk away. And that, that wasn't it. The, the mission of God is greater than our disagreements. The, the mission that God has for us to share the good news with everyone is bigger than whether you and I agree on everything. But as you think about even the life of the church, the life of ministry, it's helpful to know that teams, even great ones, don't last forever. That's true in athletics, and it's true in church. I remember vividly a few, a few years ago, and when someone my age says that now, that's usually somewhere between 10 and 30 years ago. So about 20 years ago, I remember vividly sitting in a staff meeting with the staff members that I worked directly with at a church in Dallas. I was over young adults, which was primarily people not married under 30, which was as large or larger than our church here at First Baptist Friendswood. And so there were five of us on staff in this area of single adult ministry. Our supervisor was over all of us, and there were three of us over certain areas. And we had a grand time, plus two interns. We had a grand time. It, it, it was wonderful and amazing, and we all loved each other, cared for each other. We had each other's back. It, it was great. And I vividly remember in a staff meeting one day, Ron, who was my supervisor, saying, guys, we have a great team, but hold on to it because it won't last forever. It won't always be like this. 
And sure enough, six months later, the guy who was over median single adults, those in their 30s and 40s, he left. Six months after that, we moved to Austin. And six months after that, Ron, my supervisor, started a church in a city a few miles away. Within a year and a half, that team was no more. But all of us continued to carry out the mission and we loved it while we had it. We celebrated the goodness that God did in that moment and we all continued to carry out the mission beyond that time together. And so relationships will ebb and flow Ministry opportunities will come and go, but let me remind you that our job is to continue to carry on the mission of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul, Barnabas, Silas, John Mark, and in a few moments here, Timothy are going to do, is to carry out the mission that God has for them. And so I want to show you where they go uh, to remind you, because all of us Americans are great at geography, Super good at it. Well, so they start off on the right-hand side of the page. You can see Antioch just above Syria. Uh, Barnabas and his relative, John Mark, sailed to Cyprus, which is a little island right there. But Paul and Silas, they take the land route to Tarsus. You might remember that. That's where Paul is from. And they go to Derby and Lystra. They're kind of in modern-day southern Turkey. And so that's where they're going. That's how they're doing, kind of a reverse order of where they went the first time. So it's kind of a reverse trek back through. So they're going from Antioch to Derby and to Lystra. And so when they get there, when they get there, they meet this young man named Timothy, And so that we don't think that Paul just doesn't care about people who are young in their faith, who make mistakes, uh, he meets this Timothy, who had a a Jewish mother who was a believer in Christ uh, and a father who was Greek. And we know that Paul and Silas already knew something about Timothy. Never forget that it's important what people know about you before they meet you. It's very important that you know what people think about you or know about you before they meet you. Let me give you an example. Oh, I've heard about you. I'm so glad to meet you. Oh, I've heard about you. There's a difference in those two. Same words, very different. So whether you're 14 or 44, uh, your reputation will precede you. And so do everything you can to honor that reputation. And so this young man, Timothy, had a reputation, a good one. And these young churches in, in Lystra and Derby and Iconium had spoken well of him. They had seen that the potential he had as a, as a real leader uh, in, the, in the faith. And so Paul asked him to join the team. And so he took him. And this is where the story gets a little interesting uh, because uh, his father was Greek. His mother was Jewish. So Timothy was uncircumcised. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look it up later. 
And so, so that Paul could lower some cultural barriers, he had Timothy circumcised because he didn't want anything to stop the gospel. He didn't want any barriers to stop the gospel. And so he has this young man circumcised and they continue on their trek so that no one would be able to speak ill of Timothy. And so they make their way through these cities, bring a message of encouragement. And the message of encouragement was actually a message that the churches in Jerusalem had been debating. Uh, Most of Acts 15, the part that we skipped uh, from last week, was about this council that met. And, And there was a lot of discussion over how should these Gentile believers, how should these non-Jewish people who place their faith in Christ, how should they live and act? They need to follow the law of Judaism. Well, the bottom line is that they were not held to that same law. That's what the council decided. And so Paul and Silas and Timothy were there to share that message that you don't have to follow Judaism to be a follower of Christ. There are some things that you should do. There are some ways in which you should live. There are some things that should define who you are as a follower of Christ. And so the council in Jerusalem basically said three things. We want you to follow Jesus. Well, that's uh, duh. You would think if we're Christians, uh, we've trusted in Jesus Christ and we need to live like he lives. Follow him, place our faith in him. Trust that he and he alone is the one who can forgive sins and give us abundant eternal life. Very simple, follow Jesus. And then live a life of purity. Live a life that is defined by purity, particularly sexual purity. That you need to live your life in a way that honors your body and honors the body of others. Live that way. Pretty simple. And then the last one, which is odd for us today, but don't eat things that would cause other people to stumble. That probably is true today too. But they had a a struggle back in the ancient times of eating food that was sacrificed to idols. Was it okay to eat that or was it not okay to eat that? Well, we can just translate that to the modern 21st century. There are some things that you and I should eat and there's things we shouldn't eat. Hmm, No amens on that one. Good. Um, That's okay. I I like to eat and I like to eat a lot. Um, But what you do and how you act impacts others. And so follow Jesus, live a life of purity and, and be careful how you do things so that you don't cause other people to stumble. That was the main point. Don't cause other people to stumble by your activity and your actions. And so those are pretty, three pretty simple guidelines. The first one is the most important. Follow Jesus. Live a life of purity. Don't cause other people to stumble. And so as a result of that, Paul, Silas, and Timothy go from town to town to town. And let me remind you, uh, this one of these locations that they returned to, uh, Paul got stoned, not 
the bad stoning that involves drugs, but no, with real rocks, they tried to kill him. And he went back to that same city. Don't avoid the hard things. Don't avoid the hard places. Don't give up when you think your efforts have been for naught. He goes back to that place again and strengthens the church who are mostly Gentiles. And the, the phrase that, that catches my attention the most out of all this passage is the very last phrase. They were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Daily. Every day, people came to faith in Christ. Every day. Not on Sundays. Not at the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Every day. Because those young believers, at the encouragement of Paul and Silas and Timothy, those young believers actually believed there was power in the name of Jesus. They believed there was eternal power, resurrection power, the power to change a life from the inside out for eternity. They believed it. And so they lived it and shared it. They were excited about it. They were thrilled to be able to communicate that message to others. And I think what happens to us so often is the longer we're in something, the more desensitized we get to those who are on the outside of it. And so we just become routine and natural, and this is the thing I do. And we miss opportunities to bring others along with us on the journey. We miss it. Because God wants us to invite others. He wants us to join arms with each other so that we can go out and, and make a difference in our world to change the landscape of our communities. And so my hope for us is that we would be as excited today about inviting others to join us on the mission, whether they know they want to be on the mission or not, right? Some people don't know yet. They don't know if they want to be on the mission yet. They don't know if they want to follow Jesus yet. They're not sure if they've got what it takes. But you're going to help them and strengthen them and encourage them and give them the power through the name of Jesus. Invite them to be a part of it. Be excited about being a part of something that is a, a worldwide movement. You can tell people, hey, I'm a part of a worldwide movement. It's called Christianity. And I'm excited about it. I'm as excited today as I was the day that Jesus came into my life. That's what my hope for all of us is. And that we'd be so excited about our faith and about the power that we have through Jesus' name that others would want to come along with us. And that we would bring them with us. That we would look to folks like John Mark, like Silas, like Timothy, and we would say, hey, come with me. Come with me. Let's go together. Let's change the world. Let's live differently so that people will see the hope that is in Christ. That, hey, you, you're a little different. You're a little strange. Matt says it all the time. We're kind of weird, but I like you're kind of weird. Like, that's what we should be because we're called aliens. That's what the Bible calls people who follow Jesus, aliens. 
I don't know if you've watched many movies with aliens. Not too many of them look cool. A few of them do, but most of them are strange. Lots of eyes, strange appendages. But they get your attention, don't they? And that's who we are. Our goal is to grab the attention in a way that is honorable and gracious and kind for all those around us. And so my encouragement to you today, church family, you've seen on the screen once is to follow Jesus by faith. Live a life marked by holiness. And when you and I follow Jesus and we live differently than the world lives, people will listen and they'll notice. They may, they may make fun of us. They may try to dismiss us, but they will take to heart the message that we have and they'll be strengthened. And you'll live on solid ground that will be unshakable. And the church, not this building, not these seats, but the church will be strengthened and it will increase in numbers daily because people are placing their faith in Christ. And so that's my goal for us. That as we look at this day kind of as the end of summer-ish because school is starting and we look to a brand new year, that we would be a people who live and act differently and bring others along on the mission with us. And so may we go in strength and power because of the name of Jesus. Will you pray with me?